0: send an email later on but actually this is just this is new technology that has been developed Um, they have what they call an eco skeleton um, which actually this paraplegic man um, he's 30 years old and he's paraplegic um, but they have developed technology where they have implemented a chip into his brain and they have created these particular algorithms um, according to technology and he's in this particular type of robotic suit, and his mind controls the movement. Ah. Oh my God! Wow! Yes. They said this technology is in its infancy stage. He said, but uh, this particular exoskeleton, this particular technology, has been around where people use robots for their, you know, they get to move. But to have it where your mind controls the movement—he's moving his arms. He's walking. And the way these robots moving that's attached to him, allow him to walk is through the his mind power. Yes. Oh my. That's how powerful yeah. the mind is. Yeah. And if you remember from last week we to identify the definition when we talked about how the particular mind is not confined to the brain. And the mind has so much power over all bodily systems. Amen? Amen. So, let me give you the definition. You weren't here, week. I'll give you the definition. And then we're going to um, get into Romans 12. We're going to press our open Scripture. Then we're going to Galatians. We're going to Proverbs. Uh, we're going to Second Timothy. And we're going to First Peter. And we're going to go home. Is that all right? Amen. All right. Um, this is a definition. Uh, well, uh, well, not a, a definition, but... a uh, I can say a definition, from Dr. William B. Salt II, he's a medical doctor, and he just begins to define the difference between the brain and the mind. He says, your brain is a part of the visible, tangible world of the body. Your mind is part of the invisible, transcendent world of thought, feeling, attitude, belief, and imagination. The brain is the physical organ most associated with mind and consciousness, but the mind is not confined to the brain. Your mind has tremendous power over all bodily systems. Amen? Amen. So, let's close our opening scripture, in Romans chapter 12. We're talking about God protecting our mind. And we're going to go over these particular passages of scripture, and we're going to see things that we are responsible for, that we should do in order to protect our mind and govern our faults. Amen. Romans 12 in the Amplified Version, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed. As you mature spiritually, by the renewing of your mind, Focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. I love that Amplified when he says, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. So our particular renewing of our mind is attached to our spiritual growth. Our renewing of our mind is attached to our spiritual growth. If we're not in a position where we're feeding our spirit, man, if we're not in a position where we're uh, receiving the Word of God, we're receiving what God has uh, commanded for us to be able to understand and to receive according to His particular instructions, we will not progressively mature and grow and renew our mind on a constant basis. This is why it's so important. I tell you, and I've been I, we because we've just been seeing this particular thing so prevalent throughout the body of Christ. When you find yourself disconnected from God, and I'm talking about when you don't even come to church, there is a dip, there is a lack in your connection to God. I don't care how you want to act like you got it all together. It's all good. It's all well. But when you miss a few Sundays, you disconnect from God, and you have a particular absence of that atmosphere that you had because there's something that's missing that I didn't get for my weekly particular nourishment for my spirit man. You don't miss a meal in the natural, so why would you miss your spiritual
1: meal?
0: We set aside intentionally lunch money at work. Every single day. Come on. Come on. What time have we set aside to feed our spirit man? You're not going to miss your lunch time. You set aside resources time. Where you going to go, you map it out, how long it's supposed to be. But what time have we allocated to feed our spirit man? So can progressively be changed by the renewing of our mind, focusing on Godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect in His plan and purpose for you. Amen? Amen. Let's go to
1: Galatians.
0: Galatians.
1: Not Galatians.
0: Galatians. Galatians
1: that's Galatians. With a C. Galatians.
0: Galatians. See, I'm to this church, because
1: Oh They're always remembering the past. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God.
0: You know, so something in the past. <laughs> I think
1: somebody's
0: 35 and older, amen. <laughs> C-O-L-O-S-S-I-A-N-S, chapter 3. Amen? Amen, amen. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. All right, Um. this is going to be so good. I'm just going to start reading verse 1. It says, therefore, we're in chapter 3. He says, therefore, if you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not the things that are on the earth, which are, which have only temporal value. So listen here. He, this particular passage of Scripture, he tells us, he said, if we've been raised with Christ to a new life, you got to understand, if we've been raised in Christ. We have a new life.
1: Yeah.
0: Amen. The old life has passed away. All right. We have a new life in Christ. And it says, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above. It says, keep seeking the things that are above. Not those things that are on the earth, those things that are temporal. Those things that are on the earth, they have no real value. He says to seek those things which are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So in other words, so if Christ is seated at the right hand of God, that means that I should be seeking godly things. Amen. If I keep my mind seeking godly things It will begin to regulate my thought pattern It will begin to manage my particular areas of That I spend my mind and that, I, that I dedicate my time thinking on If I think on those things that above Those things that are of the world, of the earth They won't have an opportunity to come in to distract me And pull me away from Jesus And pull me away from the things of God And so that's the attack and the assignment of the enemy He's constantly trying to pull you, pull us away from
1: God.
0: Yes. Yes. By any means necessary, that's his particular goal, yes. is to pull us away from God. So he says, set your mind on things above. Oh, yes. He says, set your mind and keep focused, listen yes. to this, habitually. Habitual. 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 I love that, because habitually means that you make it a habit. Yes. Yes.
1: Good.
0: See, have we grown and matured spiritually enough where we've set our mind habitually on Christ. Is this a habit? Is this something that has now become what we would call second nature? Is this something that is an instinct that is the first instinct that we respond to? So that we have to make this thing a habit. Listen, habits are made through intentional actions that are repentant. Habits are made through intentional actions. Actions that are repetitive So there has to be Repetition In order for it to become a habit That's right. Because how do you break a habit You stop doing the same thing and That's how we break the habit In order to make a habit you keep doing That particular thing so when I want to Break a habit I stop so what happens is The enemy gets us into a place where we're In and out because that's why we have schizophrenic Spiritual mindsets Go oh, ahead yes, sir Because we become stable one moment while we're shouting on Sunday. And then Monday we revert back. To what things that we were beginning to focus on, those earthly things, because now we're focusing on oh, God, I can do it. And, you know, I don't have the no money, I have a business. Right. You know, I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired you know, people talking about me. You know, I'm tired of saying, and you allow those earthly things yeah. to come into your mind yeah. and to begin to thwart what God has placed on you when you were setting your mind on things above, setting your things on Christ. When we talked about Philippians 4 and 8, what sort of things are just? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are honest? Is there be any virtue? Is there be any praise? Let us think on these things. You've To choose what you think on that's gonna regulate your life. Your peace is tied to your thoughts. Your peace is tied to your thoughts. So he says, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not the things that are on the earth which have only temporal value. For you died to this world. You died to this world and your new real life is hidden with Christ and God. What? So when you came into the kingdom and accepted <laughs> Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he said that old man is died. Yeah. He said now your new life is hidden in Christ. Now you gotta understand something now. It's hidden in Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I don't see Christ, how am I gonna find who I am? Right. See, we're living in a society that i are that constantly been plagued by identity crisis. Yeah. Are. Everybody's trying to tell you something that you're not, because you're constantly focusing on the world's particular perception of who you are. You cannot continue to live your life through the lens of Facebook and Instagram, baby. That's a one-second post. That's a tip. Christ, if the real me is hidden in Him, if I don't seek Him, how am I going to find out who I am?
1: I'll be constantly
0: battling the perceptions of what others have deemed for me to be. If I do not find out what Christ has said for me to be, He said the real you is hidden in Christ. So, well, you ask yourself, Christ through his word. His word will begin to give you the journey, the pathway for you to identify who you are. And if we don't spend time in his word, we don't spend time in his presence, we'll constantly be fighting this identity crisis. We'll constantly not find out who the real you is. So let's keep reading because I love this. He says, for you died to this world, and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse four: When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also be with Him, and you will appear with Him in glory. Verse five: Listen at this. So put to death and deprive of power the evil longings of your earthly body. I told you how you break a habit because you got to habitually be in Christ, and if I'm habitually in Christ, that means I got to pull away from something that's not of Christ.
1: Yeah.
0: If I'm going to be like him, I got to be drawn to the things of Christ And now begin to now disconnect And begin to revert and come back from those things that are not like him He says, so put to death and deprive of power The evil longings of your earthly body Listen, just because you got saved, Don't mean that your earthly, naturally, your flesh died
1: Amen.
0: That stuff is still rising up That job is still trying to pull you into some areas Into some temptations, into some poverty. Fish baby. Passion, evil desire, and greed, which is a kind of idolatry because it replaces your devotion to God. Oh my God. So the things that were listed, they become idols because they now replace your devotion to God. Because if you're spending that much time in the area of sin, what time are you devoted to God?
1: Oh, I can't be in my sin and
0: still praise him.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: I've been shocked. out didn't see him go. So like, it's hot it's real hot in here. And he going to to Oh my God. you got to choose which one you're going to operate in.
1: Oh my
0: God. Because I have to remain devoted to the things of God. And so he goes on. Uh, verse 6. He says, because of these sinful things, the divine wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. Those who fail to listen and who routinely and abstainingly disregard God's precepts. And in these sinful things, you also once walked when you were habitually living in them. Paul said, you were habitually living in them and you once walked in this stuff. So this is telling me that once I give my life to Christ I shouldn't be walking in this yeah. stuff wow. Oh y'all missing this thing yeah. Because once I get saved My mind should be transformed yeah. It should be renewed yeah. That my yeah. desires don't no longer want to fulfill flesh It wants to fulfill the spirit of God yeah. It wants to please God It wants to do what God sees pleasing his eyesight He yeah. says so you also once walked When you were habitually living in them Habitually, Never that word again It was a habit for you to sleep around Jesus. Y'all need to stop acting like you that deep And that same baby Some of you Used to be loose loosey And old quick Johnny Stop acting like you ain't big I had to get free Verse 8 Verse 8 Here comes that three letter word But Now read yourselves Completely of all these things Anger, rage, malice slander, and obscene Abusive, filthy, vulgar language From your mouth, do not lie to one another For you have stripped off the old self With its evil practices And have put on the new This is the good part, verse 10 Put on the new spiritual self who is being what? Continually renewed in true knowledge in the image of him who created the new self. Who created the new self? Jesus! Oh my God! Let me read that again. Verse 10. And have put on the new spiritual self. Spiritual self is the only thing that's going to conquer carnal self. My thought pattern and my mind will keep me from fulfilling the flesh. Yes. Because if I'm so filled up with the spirit, yes. when the temptation comes, spirit comes in my mind those things, and our spiritual comes and say, you know what, that's not right.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what, it's a bad decision to make if you do that. Yeah. And you're going to have to, there's some consequences behind it, so you need to watch it. Yeah. He yeah. said, so have put and put have have put on the new spiritual self. Who is being? Who is being? look at these ings Who is being continually renewed in true knowledge and the image of Him who created the new self. So who is being continually? Who is being continually? This is a continual process of renewing, of growing in the things of Christ. I don't care if you've been saved for ninety nine years, baby. You still haven't arrived.
1: Amen. <laughs> And the body
0: of Christ is filled with self-righteous people who think yeah. that they have arrived because yeah. they've been out of sin, out of the lifestyle for 25 years, and they forget that when they first got to, the, got to salvation, with the struggles thing they struggle with because they now think that, you know, you should be able to get over it. You should be able to let it go. Baby, what was the stronghold you had to hold on to as you were still coming to sing in the choir, as you were still coming to usher on the usher board, as you were still sitting in the mother's pew? Oh, I ain't gonna be no help with the sanctified Baptist, Pentecostal, Church of God in Christ, Assemblies of God, Church in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I need you to turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh,
1: Jesus. Yes, no, <laughs> Paul told him. he said, y'all,
0: what's, what was this? Yes. And y'all were jacked up, uh-huh. messed up. He said, but you need to put on a new mindset. Yeah, yeah, come on, sir. Oh, God. Yeah. These real quick in Proverbs. Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. In behavior, one who manipulates. That's what verse 7 says. Now, in the context of this, notice what it says. Let's read the context, Because we quote this. And let's read the context with verse 6. Do not eat the bread of a selfish man or desire his delicacy. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he in behavior one who manipulates. It goes on. Here he says to you, eat and drink. Yet his heart is not with you, but it is begrudging the cost. Now, so man thinking so is he. Now he's in, in his mind, his, his intent is to tell you to eat all you want. But in his heart, and the way he's thinking is, he's really cheap and he's really concerned about the cost that it's going to cost him if you eat beyond what he has already budgeted. So this is why he does it grudgingly. He has a selfish heart. So, so a man thinking so is he. So, if you think on those things of being selfish things, that's who you are. So, a man thinking so is he. So you got to begin to think on the things that line up with the things of God. Those things that look like Christ. Christ is what a giver. Christ is a person of
1: compassion.
0: Yes. He's a person of love. Yeah. So i got to think on love, think on yeah. compassion. Yeah. i got to be able to think in those areas because I want to be able to release that upon those who may not receive it. Yes. That's what the world is looking for. The world is looking for somebody to love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Man. Come on. But how are we going to grow the church if we constantly shut it up against the world? <laughs> constantly turning our nose up, constantly looking crazy because they got upset with Jesus when he was sitting with the with the sinners and the and the publicans and the and the tax collectors. Hey so well, why is you sitting hanging out with them? Mm-hmm. Well who gonna be the next usher? Who's gonna be the next prophet?
1: Go
0: who's gonna be the next evangelist? He said because once you die, who's gonna take the spot? Mm-hmm. So if I don't go to the world and convert them, who's gonna be here? Mm-hmm. Y'all miss it. That's why the church is dying because we're not we're not we're not, not having to convert Opportunity. We're just shuffling. No conversion. We're shuffling. Oh my God. The way to 2020. Come on. Proverbs 12. Proverbs 12, verse 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good, encouraging word makes it glad. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. Anxiety comes to bog you down. Yeah. Stress comes to take you into a place of feeling all this anxiety. Yes. But a good word, an encouraging word, makes it glad. So in other words, when anxiety and the stress comes, you need to begin to put yourself in a position to hear an encouraging word. Amen. To hear something that's going to uplift you from that place of feeling stressful, that place of feeling down, that place of feeling frustrated. You have to know where to find an encouraging word in God's word. So you have to be familiar with his word in order to know what God wants to do in your life and change your mind. Amen? Amen. Let's look the Second Timothy and then we're going to go to 1 Peter. And I think we're going to close out in 1 Peter. What did I say? Go first, Peter. Second Timothy first? Okay, second Timothy first. Second Timothy is going to be chapter one. Verse seven. Oh, yeah. And then we're going to close the Peter. This is good. I'm laying. This is good. It's all flowing. Oh, my God. Uh, Listen to this. Verse 7, 2 Timothy chapter 1, I'm going to amplify version. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well balanced mind and self control. In the traditional King James, It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Now, in the Amplified, it begins to open it up a little bit more. Let's look at it. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, that's fear, or cowardice, or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power. In order to come against that fear, that unbelief, that doubt, that particular worry, that stress, I have to understand that that spirit is not from God. Yes.
1: That's good. I
0: have to identify and recognize that the thing of this, if stress is on me, worry is on me, that's not of God. Yes. Amen. So if I identify that this is not of God, this is not from God, then I'll know what I need to do in order to eradicate and to begin to remove those particular thought patterns from my life. He said, for God does not give us a spirit of timidity or a fear, but he gave He has given us a what? A spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment. And listen to this, and personal discipline. Personal discipline, again, is identified as abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So everything according to God's mind brings me to a place of calmness, well-balanced, and self-control. So that's what I need to focus on. Now, when we go to 1 Peter chapter 5, keep in mind what that said. and It's going to open it all the way up, and we're going to close it out. We're going to lay hands, pray for those for healing, and we're going to go home. Left 35. 1 Peter chapter 5. Now, Pastor Monique was in my message. She read it. this particular passage of Scripture where the Holy Ghost was just flowing this morning. 1 Peter chapter 5. in verse 6 Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time. Casting all your cares, all your anxieties all your worries and all your concerns once and for all on him I'm stopping right there. I'm we'll gonna keep reading in a second, but I'm gonna stop right there. Listen to how it starts off. This is therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. If we're not in a position to humble ourselves, we won't be willing to cast our cares on him. Because pride will say, I can handle it. Pride will say, i got this. Pride will say, I can do this. Bible will say, I don't need God to do this. I can do it. I can work it out. I can figure it out. And so what happens when you spend so long trying to work, figure it out on your own, you become more stressed. You become filled with more anxiety. You become filled with more pressure. So this is why he starts this all. He says, humble yourself under the hand of God. Uh-huh. Because in order for you to begin to cast your cares upon him, you're going to have to know that I have to depend on him. Yes. Yeah. So I have to renew my mind in order to know and think that I have to depend on God. I know you have a good job. I know you got a pension. I know you got insurance coverage. I know you got a good car that runs good and starts up to take you on your day. You got a house with a picket fence, you got a goldfish, you got a cat, you got a dog. Everything is well, your cupboard is overflowing. You can go to the grocery store you want, you can buy the clothes you want. Everything is well and good, but you have to understand that in the midst of all of that, there is still yet time and room I need God. I need God to come into my life. I need God to keep this stuff that he already established in me. says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor and his servant. So God will exalt you at the appropriate time. So now, once I humble myself, he says, catch all your cares, not some, all your anxieties, your kids, them grandkids, your money, your honey, your boo, all your concerns once and for all on him for he cares about you with what? The deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So if I set my mind to know that Jesus is concerned about me, I don't have to waste my time worrying about those things that God said he's already going to take care of. He's already going to have Because I don't have the strength, I don't have the capacity, I don't have the will, I don't have the understanding. So God, I can't do it in my own strength. So I'm giving it over to you. And I want you to work it out for me because you care about me. You're actioning towards me. You love me. You're concerned about me. And the enemy wants you to think that God's not concerned because you walk around and you say, God, you forgot about me because it's at the ninth hour. Oh, I love the He said on the fifteenth, I'm going to pay this thing. How do you say that day out there? How do you throw that out there? God, we didn't know how it was coming, we didn't know when it was coming,
1: but God had the night
0: battle. He made it happen. Why? Because we changed our mindset. We've got to care on him, not
1: on us. God did.
0: So, he says you. The enemy trying to make you think God don't care. Even through your mess. Oh, even through our mistakes. Even through our missing the mark. Even through our challenges. Even though when our flesh get weak and we begin to fall, God still loves us. God still cares about us.
1: I don't care what they say about you. I don't care
0: what name they place on you.
1: I don't care
0: what they call you around God still loves
1: you. God still has mercy on you.
0: God still has grace for us. His grace is sufficient for us. Amen? amen. He cares about you with his deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Now look at verse 8, we ready to break this thing down even further.
1: Oh my God. Jesus. Oh
0: yes. I love this. Okay. Verse 8. Be sober. Let me read it because I'm, like, I'm excited. Be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, okay. fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. Why is this in this context?
1: Yeah. Listen, why is this in this context? Why? Why, Natasha? Why is this in this
0: context? Listen, Listen. what he just instructed us, humble ourselves under the head of God. He said, as we humble ourselves, he said, you got to know now I got to cast my worries on him. If you don't cast your worries, your anxieties, your stress, what does worrying, anxiety, and stress do? It sometimes pushes us where we are now vulnerable and open because now our judgment is off. Yeah. Because we're unsettled in our spirit Settled here When we get unsettled it's an open opportunity for the enemy to come. This is why he said, now he's a roaring lion. He's going around seeking whom he to make a battle. So a person that is prideful, that has not cast his cares on him, they're vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. So this is why he tells you to humble yourself and cast your cares on him. Because if I don't cast my cares, those are the things I worry about. They cause me to go crazy. And then when about me. And then I'll get some witnesses you. ain't got to raise a hand before you got saved. Because I know you don't do this now.
1: Because
0: we talk about worry, anxiety, stress. Yeah. Oh, I love God. How many times have you gotten off work on a Friday and this is the end of your week and you have the weekend? And Friday you done worked hard. I mean you done had a tremendous uh tumultuous week. People done frustrated you got you all upset and you you know you done had a whole frustration thing all week. And you say I need a release.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. Baby, on the way home,
0: you stop and get your taste or whatever you like to taste, because you think that that drink is going to satisfy and ease the stress and the anxiety that you have been through all week, and you the 2 or 3 To devour you. Why? Because your judgment was off. You were not sober in mind. I'm going sober. Because my mind would have already told me Jesus cares about me. Jesus is concerned about me. So I don't have to worry about it. He's gonna fix it. He's gonna have it. He's gonna deal with it if I allow him to. So now that's why
1: it's in
0: this context because that anxiety and stress opens no you up when the you. Because your judgment is off when you stressed out. You make bad choices. Go into the toy session. <laughs> right. Mama, I've been waiting all getting through this mom. This is the only one they got. I've been looking all around It's the last one. I know this is the last one. The last one. You gotta get it today. You gotta get it today. You gotta get it today. You gotta get today. today. Mama, please, mama, please, mama, please, mama, please. Mama,
1: please, mama, knee right now. Please, mama knew right now. Yeah, yeah. Amen. So they irritate you
0: because they constantly repeat. You succumb. Right. Don't y'all act like you ain't never succumbed to the material. Don't act like you, I know you sucked it in
1: the mouth of every time, but you have succumbed to the manning and the manning of wanting
0: that thing that you know at that moment you didn't have the resources or the finances for, and you made a sacrifice, and then you got to the cash register, man, I gotta put the money back because you wanted this toy. That's stressful. In your order. Be sober. Be sober. Be sober, well-balanced, and self-discipline. So, listen. I have to be sober and well-balanced, and self-discipline. Let me give you some definitions here. Self-discipline is the ability to control one's feelings and overcome one's weaknesses. The ability to pursue what one thinks is right despite temptations to abandon it. Let me read it again. Some of y'all missed it. <laughs> self-discipline: the ability to control one's feelings yeah. and overcome one's weaknesses. <laughs> See, they pull on your heart. Yeah. See, when that child is there asking for that toy, you for that yeah. thing, they pull it on your heart. Yeah. And so, yeah. the self-discipline—the ability to control one's feelings and overcome one's weaknesses, the ability to pursue what one thinks is right, uh-huh. despite temptations to abandon it. This is why he said to be sober-minded. Because if you're sober-minded and you understand this self-discipline, when the enemy comes to try to distract you with the worry, the stress and the anxiety, you won't abandon God and go fulfill that particular shot that you've been earning for all week. Because you'll be sitting there, you know, you'll, you'll prepare all week. You say, like, I can't wait for Friday, you know, I'm going to bar. I'm going there. I'm going to get me a drink. Because I earned this. You act like you ain't talking to yourself like that See, I did that yeah, man, man. I told you that yeah, If we went at the bottom and pulled up with my homies And me and They you know, I am so for Y'all too deep for me <laughs>
1: I didn't say that to anybody,
0: let's y'all Let's get stuff, and so, <laughs> Be sober, well-balanced, self-disciplined be, uh, be alert Be alert, uh-huh. be alert Be yeah. alert And cautious at all times yeah. That enemy of yours Listen to what he said, that enemy of yours yeah. Is personal yeah. Everybody got an enemy yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Everybody got something they lead to uh-huh. That's right And follow them through without changing your mind. All right. And it's therefore one of the important requirements for achieving goals. Right. When you set your mind on something. Yeah. And you know that it's right. And you know that God has given you the go ahead to believe and trust and know. Nothing will come in to distract you or change your mind in that area. Yeah. And you have to have that self control. It said that's a sign of inner strength and control of yourself, your actions, and your reactions. So, self discipline, I got to control my reactions when people come in and try to pull me into their action. Some people just actually really trying to get a reaction out of you. And some of us fall real quick to that. They're not really trying to find out what's really going on with you or They're just trying to get a reaction out of you. And so they can go back and why you, I'm not saved. Don't I, I, I you went to church Why are you talking like that <laughs> When you was talking like that What reaction did you think you was going to get So you got to know about your reactions
1: Oh my god
0: Listen we got to hurry up y'all
1: Verse 9 oh
0: my god. Hold on Before verse nine, I put verse I got to give you the definition of balance Because it says be sober well balanced And then I got to tell you about sober Let me, let me do this to you Balance, and even distribution of weight enabling someone or something to remain upright and steady. Balance. Now, when we look at the word sober, and our thinking in the natural, we constantly would automatically think someone has been drinking, and if they drunk too much, they're not sober. They're drunk, and they're (laughs) incoherent in in some areas. Uh But sober in the Bible, we found a definition.
1: Get the up. Okay. Give me two seconds.
0: Like I'm gonna get it for you. I didn't write it down. Um, It's in a a blog and it's on my computer, but this this thing ain't working. Don't worry about it. Sober. God, I wish I had that definition. I'm bless your my whole life. It's good. Be sober. Well-balanced and self-disciplined. Be alert, cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, Christian hungry, seeking someone to devour. He says verse 9. But resist him. Be firm in your faith against his attack, rooted, established, immovable. Knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. You do not suffer alone. Verse ten. After you suffer for a little while, the God of grace, who imparts His blessings and favor, who called you to His own eternal glory and life, will Himself do what complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you, making you what you ought to be. To Him be dominion, power, authority, sovereignty, forever and ever. Amen. 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 Listen, you're not the only one suffering. Amen. You're not the only one going through. Amen. He says, after you suffer for a little while, notice, you got to understand. Even though my mind is being renewed, even though I'm keeping my thoughts on the same, on those areas that belong to God and those things that will uh, not allow me to worry and stress, that's going to be a time and a period of suffering. But you got to realize that suffering is only for a little while because that positions you to know that I got to surrender this thing over to him because you don't want to carry this thing longer than you have to. He said, the God of all grace who imparts his blessings and favor, who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ, will himself do what? Complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. making you what you ought to be. God will make us what we ought to be. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to establish you. He's going to confirm you. He's going to complete you. Oh, Lord. So you can't keep looking for somebody to complete confirm you. Amen. You can't keep looking for people to strengthen when there's times when you know what? They may not be available. You've got to call on God. You can't always get your sister or brother on the phone. You got to know what? I got to call on God. And establish you making you what you ought to be. Amen. Come on. Amen. Come on.